A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, thank you for pulling into another episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. My name is Rob DiPietro, the Dead Pole Hitter, and we are going to do a main event. Fab recap for the week um, with my recurring co-host for this segment, Todd Whitestone from spstreamer.com, and as well as a special guest we have on uh, Mr. John Posma, who is a Pretty big NFBC and NFFC veteran. Uh, pretty successful baseball and football player, John. This is his second appearance on the show. He did his first ever podcast on my show. Previously, pre-draft season. Um, and he's a highly successful um, player. Um, pretty. So we picked his brain on, you know, how he handles some stuff in season, how he handles fabs, and so I think it's a pretty wonderful episode. Like I said, he's a pretty fantastic player in his own right, um, and a lot of knowledge we can get from players like this and players in general. Um, you know, good to keep your ears open um, to different things and uh, different ways to improve your play in fantasy baseball, so I hope everyone's doing well. Um, sorry, I wasn't able to get my Thursday, um, my Friday to Sunday lineup pod out there this week. Things have been pretty hectic. Um, but, um, yeah, my vacation starts on Saturday and I'm going to take a break for a little bit. So just a heads up for that. Probably going to be like a week or two break. Um, but who knows, maybe I'll spontaneously throw a couple words together and get something out. Um, but yeah, with that being said, let's get into the episode with John and Todd. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm once again joined by my weekly cohort, Todd Whitestone. And today we are joined by a veteran NFBC player, both football and baseball, Mr. John Posma. How are you guys doing tonight? John, welcome back for your second podcast on the Pull Hitter Podcast. <laughs> Appreciate you taking the time out to come talk to me and Todd. Hey, thanks, Rob. Nice to meet you, Todd. It's my pleasure. This is this should be fun. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I know since the last time we've talked, a lot has happened. We've drafted. Um, things are starting to uh, you know, settle in. We're a little bit uh, quarter past the um, 
season right now. Um, and a lot of things are happening, you know, uh, so many talking points on Twitter and so many different things to talk about. And Kelnick was the only thing that was talked about for two <laughs> weeks. And I'm kind of glad that's over. Um, Cause that was just, I get like player fatigue. I don't know if you guys get that like player fatigue when you just hear it and read uh, like the same, you know, player all the time. And it's just like waiting for Kelnick. And I'm just so glad that passed. Uh, <laughs> and now I don't care what he does, but I, I, at least we got past that. Uh, um, Todd. So um, talk to us about your article. We're going to hit your article real quick and then we'll sure. get into some questions that we have for john who's going to teach us how to get better in fantasy <laughs> that's, great. that's great well i look forward to that so um, you, so you kept your um your same theme of the target 5000 um yeah I like it. yeah go ahead i'm, I'm going to go through a few of the categories of what it would take to be up high in the overall and you need about 5000 points to do that and uh, today or this week we looked at stolen bases that's always a key category. And the interesting thing compared to batting average where it's way down from the last full season 2019, stolen bases are tracking at about the same pace. So uh, you would need in 2019 to be on the correct pace to be uh, getting 5,000 points overall. You'd need 35 stolen bases in 2019. And uh, this year, it's tracking about the same level. You should be right there. Uh, if you have 35 steals, you're in uh, really good shape. Um, and I also showed some of the top stolen base leaders from Major League Baseball. I won't go through them, but uh, they're listed. And uh, if you have one or two of those guys, that certainly helps get you to the 35 steal level. Um, so that was, the, that was the main gist of it, and it's all – uh, available on spstreamer.com. It's a free article, and uh, I think it, it focuses on the main event, so it is helpful for some people to review that. I I did it. I did enjoy though, because I think sometimes I'm I'm pretty guilty of like getting so wrapped up of of specific metrics, and you kind of just forget to sort through the good old fashioned like runs or stolen bases, you know, mm -hmm. like. And uh, it, it's good to see it on a list. Um, and I like how you mentioned guys like Kiner Valefa and Goodrum and Robbie Grossman, you know, like um, I think um, on, on one of my main event teams, I really tried to like really make sure at least one of my guys was getting me like three or seven or, you know, like and normally I uh, haven't drafted that way. I've drafted to like try to get at least, you know, three or four guys with more up, up at the top, but I, you know, I went with a different strategy and I kind of like that because I kind of hit on a couple of guys like that where I was just expecting from like 12 to 15 and they've been great so far, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, John. So this is a good question for you. Uh, how do you approach stolen bases any differently than any other category? No, uh, I, I, first of all, I agree with your tracking your 5,000. I kind of do the same thing. I kind of go for the 80th percentile mark. Uh, so it's just similar to that 5,000 points thing. And you're right on with the stolen bases. Uh, I'm showing that last year, 125, uh, it was going to project to, and we're slightly higher, like one low 130s right now. So uh, yeah. a little bit higher than last year, a little bit higher than the year before. So uh, I think that's going to be the number this year to be yeah. right in that 135 range. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of approach, you know, this year, I for sure wanted to get one or two starting pitchers in the first two, in the first three rounds, uh, one for sure. 
and man, uh, you really had to have speed in mind there, right? If if you <laughs> if you took a, a Freeman or uh, somebody else that doesn't run a lot uh, to go with those pitchers, then you're you really got to be thinking about where you're going to grab your stolen bases. And, right. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, I, I I sort of personally shied away from players that were really good hitters but didn't provide any right. stolen bases in the first three rounds, let's say, if I was going to take a hitter, I wanted him to give me some steals. Right. So, yeah. Well, I know a lot of people are very successful getting Freeman or in past years, Arenado or people like that. But uh, I, I like to build it a different way myself. Yeah. No, I, I was the same way. Um, obviously if you started Turner, uh, that kind of start, then you're, you're good with a, with a big stole base guy, but uh yeah, I, I did the same thing. I was hesitant to take uh, to take those non-runner hitters in right. the first uh, three rounds. So. Okay. Yeah, I um I just checked. I'm I have 34 and 41 in my main. So I'm nice. Killing it. Good. Well, on Kiner, target. Kiner helps that. That he's been a great surprise. Uh, sure. I didn't. I didn't. I knew he had some stolen bases. I didn't see the rest of his game there though. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's very nice uh, one. What's his name? Been. Uh, a month, like I said, Grossman and um, and Simeon. You know, he's uh, oh yeah, nice. What what a stud! I I'm I'm so glad I uh, I waited on the shortstop and pounced on him on most of my spots. You know, <clears throat> I was really hoping he was gonna put together like a, a season like he did two years ago, and he's smashing the ball. I think the the offense starting to come together. Yeah, um, absolutely. So. Um, Todd, what else uh, did you find handy this week um, about the bidding amount? We're pretty close to where we were last week, right? With the yeah. average bids. Yeah. So people are staying around $22 per bid. Um, and uh, the average owner in the main event has spent $520, leaving them with $480 for the rest of the year. Wow. So, that's a little high in my opinion, but it's not unworkable. I guess the guys that are having a little more difficulty might be down at 300 or so. Right. Interesting. Um, it's, it's funny when you look back and you see all the high numbers at first, I remember when we were doing this every week and we were kind of, uh, you know, it was in that 86, 85 range. Um, right, right. it's, uh, pretty big, pretty big difference. Yeah, yeah, it was only uh, it was twenty three per bid this week and forty six since most teams got two players. It's about forty six dollars spent um, on the average. So the, the bids are definitely lower, but I think they're going to continue to drop. I think it's going to go down even below twenty uh, in the near future. Yeah, it for, sure, it for sure will. Right, if we're if we're only twenty eight percent of the season through and we've got fifty percent of the fab gone, then yeah, the bits will go down. Yeah, it was a quiet week for me. It was like almost um, where I felt like a lot of the moves that I could have made would have been like too lateral. And um, I don't know like how you guys get, but like, do you ever feel like you know you you have to keep looking to find something to you know like to move to my I gotta be missing something right like my brain is always like that like you should like I write down possible drops and I look at the possible ads I'm like eh, eh. and then 
Uh, it was a couple of teams this week where I don't think I'm going to make a move. And as soon as I said that in my head, I'm like, there's got to be a move to make, right? <laughs> got to be a move. I got to do something. Got to right. do something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was a very light week on my end. So we have Danny Santana rolling back into our lives. Um, right. He he was the uh, big bit of the week. Um, he was bit on on all 43 um, main event teams. Um, right. yeah, and a, a pretty, pretty decent chunk to get him. Um, did you guys, uh, partake into the Danny Santana sweepstakes at all? Every John, year. Every year. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I didn't get any of them. Uh, I, he was in my bid queues, but I didn't land him. Yeah. Right. I, didn't, I didn't get him either. Uh, you know, I think he's a fine lottery ticket because if he hits really well, I think the Red Sox will play him. And he just, I just looked, he got a triple and early triple, yeah. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. So uh, I think that's going to fuel the fire, but um, there's also a chance he could really run out of playing time if he gets cold and uh, he's not been an outstanding hitter over his career. So I don't know, I, you could get a good month or two out of him. That's all they would need. The people that want him. Yep. Right. Right. It's uh Oh man, I, I I think I had a tough one with this one. I I really didn't know what to think of the value of what Danny Santana would be, and I feel like um, in my brain I I was like, you know what, he he's too popular. Like he would, he's too much of a draw that I wouldn't even win him. I got him in one league. I think I got him in the tag team league that I did with Jenny Butler, and mm-hmm. I think we got him for like twenty eight bucks, which was way yeah on the really lower end of where he went in the main. So. Um, but yeah, oh man, these power speed guys just are so tantalizing. Right. As right. soon as they're available, you know, it's just like, oh man, like I kind of look back at a Dallas Garcia. I mean, this guy's just been a monster, right? Yeah. yeah. What are the Cardinals missing in evaluating guys like him and a Rosarena? You know, <laughs> it's really, it, it's really wild to see. Um, so uh, let's see, who else can we talk about? Uh, Taylor Walls. Um, so Willie Adamas gets traded and actually gives a, a good um, reason to bring up Adamas too. It's funny how like, um, you know, when trades happen to a player, like they just get picked up off of the trade alone. Maybe, you know, I, I get the park upgrade is, is pretty big, but um, he was added in 12 leagues. Um, so how do you like the move for Adames to Hawaii? Um, and I guess, John, we can get your uh, <laughs> thoughts on getting Mr. Adames. And mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about uh, Taylor Walls? Um, and do you think he's got the chance to fend off Wander in Wuhan? Yeah, I'm not so sure on Walls. I did pick up Adames a couple spots. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe as a 12-teamer, maybe one main Uh I think Adamas is going to be pretty set in terms of a role in a, in a lineup fixture. Uh, he strikes out enough to be a good part of the Brewers. They like those guys, <laughs> uh, you know, I, but he'll be a little higher in the order and uh, than he was in Tampa. And I think, uh, I think it could be a good fitting for him. A uh, good, good setting for him. I expect uh, him to produce. Okay. In Milwaukee. Yeah. I think right. he could get a second life in uh, Milwaukee and maybe, yeah. I don't think he's as bad a hitter as he was hitting in Tampa for right. sure. Um, but the interesting thing to me is that I think there's actually decent amounts of middle infielders available in the main event compared to corner 
And uh, so I don't think it's quite as desperate of a situation for most right. owners to get either Taylor Walls or Willie Damas. Um, you know, G-Man Choi, who's next on the list, uh, you know, he's not a perfect either, but I think you see how the high the bids were that some some people really wanted a first baseman. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, yep. Um, G-Man, another ex-brewer. G-Man, yeah, right? Right, that's right. <laughs> right, I know. I like this trade all around for the Brewers and the Rays. I think, um, you know, they need to create a spot for the – Shortstop and Adama is, you know, goes to um, a better ballpark. I know he's always complained about the batting eye in Tampa Bay and that he can't see, he couldn't see the ball. Um, but, you know, he's, um he definitely changed his swing and he's, he's, he's starting to, he's definitely starting to hit the ball at more ranges where you would expect some better outcomes to uh, be had. So I think if he keeps that up and hits the ball a little harder, the park will help him. And uh, yeah, like I said, he's going to play every day, you know? Um, yeah. So 100%. Um, two guys I wanted to, uh, let's see, bring up was uh, Corbin Martin and Spencer Howard. Um, so two guys coming up that, you know, pretty big pedigree. Um, Martin, pretty pretty big problem with uh, his walk rate um, and Spencer Howard had been having the same problem as well. Um, did you guys uh, were in on this at all in any of these players and how do you think um, their value would be going forward? Yeah. John, John? what do you think? What do you think? John? Yeah. I, I stayed away from Martin. I did bid on Spencer Howard in a couple spots. I got him in one 12 teamer. Um, Okay, so, so you went into a twelve a twelve team. Yeah, with just nice. uh, yeah, just a I little like bit. I ended up with him there. Uh, he's fringe. I don't know. He may not even be worth starting. I'm not sure, but he was impressive. His his outing. He's got the pedigree. I kind of like him, but uh, I didn't bid enough on him to get him in the main. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's see what he does. Corbin Martin. I just stayed away from. Yeah. Too many walks, yeah. I think. But we'll absolutely. See. Yeah, I, I had I had Howard in my uh, my list. I didn't get him, but I, yeah. I, I, he was somebody I was interested in. But he just seems never quite to get over the hump, you know. But he, I think there will be a year where he does it. Maybe not this year. Yeah, I think oh, he, he's for sure going to do it. Yeah, he's talented, yeah. and he could, you know, get a rotation spot if he sort of, you know, hits hits his stride. Yeah, I've been I've just been a little gun shy on these pitchers. I've I've gone after a couple of them in the the main event and uh, picked them up, put a good bid on them, and they, <laughs> the new guys, the the rookie pitchers, aren't turning out so far. And I'm, yeah. I'm a little gun shy on it, so I'll probably just stay with the old veterans from the rest of the way. Well, maybe not the rest of the way, but uh, right. I don't have that much of a balance left anyway on my fab, so I'll be uh, trying to find the <laughs> bargains. I think a week or two ahead, hopefully. How much do you have left on your teams in general? Uh, on the main events, I spent an average of uh, 608, I think, something like that. So uh, probably uh, too much, too higher than I would like to be have spent at this point. And then on the on the 12 teamers, I've only I spent less than half, like 485, I think I've spent on average. Okay. Between, okay. Between them. So, and it really should be reverse. You really don't need as much left in the 12s and you need more in the 15s. But uh, right. that's just where I'm sitting right now. So some work to do on the 15s. <laughs> okay. Okay. Actually, I, um, I did one OC 
this year only. I should have done more. I I was like worried about how I would like get into twelve team mode in the middle of like fifteen <laughs> yeah, team drafts. Right? So um, I did it at the end because I was gonna do my main on the thirty first, the, the last day. I ended up switching it up a couple of days, and I had nothing to do that night. And I said, let me do an OC, um, and uh, I'm loving it. I should I should have done more twelve for sure. But um, oh, yeah, it's like a it's, psychological yeah. lift. It makes you feel uh, good. You know, you got all these good players and all these good players. I know. And it's, um, I love good guys the, on the fab list. I mean, what, what more could you want? Right. I know. And it's, 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 um, fab is a whole other beast. It's, <laughs> it's so interesting. Like, you know, so, it's, it's such a bigger, it's such a different, um, decision making points than the 15 it's uh yeah. it's yeah. pretty fascinating but um yeah i spent i spent a lot in that league too because i really liked my team a lot and i started off pretty strong and it was still week two and alex ray is without there and that's the highest i spent on a guy for 278 Whoa. Uh, yeah nice. and that's just um i felt like that was worth it and actually that same week i picked up him and Havino. i won them both and um, the week before, I got Class A in week one for like fifty-eight bucks. And well, you should be winning. And then, yeah, and I have Kenley Janton too. I just been I've been hoarding the uh, save guys. He's doing well in that league. He's doing well in the OC. Nice. Yeah, good, good I'm work, in. Man. Yeah, I know. Um, top, uh, I think eleventh, eleventh overall. And I'm like, here we go with this. Maybe that's the thing I have to do is do a like a single bullet like I did with the DC last year, right? And that, that's right. That that's your single ticket. bullet is going to do well. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All my other leagues aren't, but that's what I'm going to do well. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else did I want to talk about in fact, real quick? I'm I'm happy that I got Chad Pender last week because it was it was going to it was a struggle to get him this week. Last week he was picked up in ten leagues for a tie's twenty eight and. Uh, this uh this this week he got picked up in um how many leagues 30 30, 30 leagues 30 yeah. leagues with a high right. of 74 yeah i love the i love chad pinder i think he's um driving the Bob ball Melvin. yeah right <laughs> i hope he they just takes over he for just loves the guy he's, yeah he's gonna he just play lo- there's no right. doubt right i think he fits well in the team i think they he does. Uh, yeah <laughs> they need his they need his um bat in the lineup for sure. Um, Todd, do you have any interesting drops this week that uh, caught your eye? Yeah, so if I go, move down to the drops, uh, the guys that I highlighted were um, guys like Matt Duffy and Taylor Ward. Uh, Matt Duffy was hitting really well, but he, he was out Sunday with a tight back, but I don't know if that was cause enough to drop him, especially third base is not that plentiful right now. And Taylor Ward, Rob, you and I discussed, um, he's, he's got an intriguing power potential and certainly he didn't start out really hitting well, but uh, again, I don't know that he's lost his job or anything like that. So I thought those might be a little premature, um, especially that it was, it was not just one or two leagues, it was 13 and 10. Um, so I found those interesting to start hmm. with. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Matt Duffy, I think, is justified, in my opinion, uh, to drop. Uh, more of a drop than Ward, I think. But some right. of it's that position eligibility probably on Duffy. But mm-hmm. I was surprised yeah. to see Larnack dropped. I know it was only three leagues, but uh, I, feel, I, I feel like they're going to give him and Carl off some run here and see what these kids yep. can do. And um, Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I picked them up, you know, for like 30, maybe 28 bucks or something a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was just going to like, you know, I'm putting them on the bench. And if you're playing every day, I'll put them in. And hopefully, um, yeah. you know, hopefully they'll give me some a nice little run here. Um, I was shocked that Steven Matz got drafted dropped in four leagues um i don't know i, I know he's not like spectacular but i kind of like i don't know i have a hard time um not wanting to keep like healthy arms at least right now on my team right. like average healthy arms um i, I want to just hoard them you know because i feel like in a couple of months the like a lot of people are going to be broken and <laughs> like i want the pitching depth so it could be um, true it could be like true. on the team that i'm that I'm not getting saved, you know, like you said, I'm just trying to really, uh, you know, make sure in the meantime, I'm, I'm, I'm racking up K's and innings if yeah. I can, you know, because. The question is, Rob, would you rather do that rather than get some of these spec closer guys? You yeah. know, if you get some of these cheap spec closer, they could turn into the guy that does give you saves. So right. there's two sides of the coin. It's great to have a lot of starters, but uh, yeah. I, I tend to always try to, have one or two guys that I, I'm speculating on. Right, right. I just don't like having them in my lineup a lot because – No, um, no. Yeah. 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 It's tough. Uh, the 15-teamers are so tough, right? Yeah. They, limited spots and you get yep. so many injuries this year. I don't know what the data shows on injuries and how many players on the IL versus previous years, but it seems like a significantly more than yeah. normal. Yeah. Uh, and that, that affects rosters and decisions for sure. It affects the fab pool, right? So yep. Yep. it's tough. Right. There was actually one um, question that someone DM'd me and wanted me to ask. Um, actually, wanted to talk about tonight. So I thought it would be a good time to bring it up. Um, his name is Joseph Morrow. Um, and on Twitter, you can find him at Big League Wood. 44 but he he wanted to know um he was asking me my thoughts on um like is it worth taking a zero when you need a backup catcher to fill like a week or a half week when you don't want to drop any like real good il guys or you know or your pitching depth um so he was just wondering like to replace like a little muto for a week or half a week is it worth to pick up like you know uh i guess a pretty horrible catcher <laughs> to fill in that spot or is it okay taking zeros yeah. John, what's your opinion on that? Oh, uh, I, I think uh, it, obviously it depends on everybody's situation with their right. roster. But uh, I think uh, with so many injuries, everybody's got a couple that they're hanging on to um, that are on reserve that they can't play. Uh, I'm taking the zero. Um, it, right. For right. a half a week or a week, uh, your 31st, 32nd, 33rd catcher out there, whatever he is, you're talking – Manny Pena or worse, right? Uh, <laughs> he just hit a home run last night uh, or two nights ago, whatever. But uh, I don't know. I, I think you're not going to get many stats in the different the uh, the extra stats you could get by keeping the, the other guy uh, for multiple weeks down the road or different spots is going to that those incremental stats will be greater than that catcher you picked up, I think so. My opinion, take the zero uh, unless there's, you know, a catcher out there that shouldn't be out there on the wire. Right. Absolutely. I like that. That's a good plan. Um, one other thing we I want to mention with Todd's article, we usually, John, touch on some guys that were the popular ads uh, 
um, three weeks ago. So Todd brought up Mr. Shane McClanahan, Talkman, Harrison Bader, and Michael Givens. And Todd, what was your conclusion um, of the week? How many yeah, thumbs so up and how many thumbs down? We gave uh, no thumbs up for this week out of this group before. I mean, McClanahan and Bader have been okay. Mm -hmm. Not great, but Bader just got hurt again. So yeah, he's out. Uh, that's not that great right now. And uh, Talkman and Givens have been disappointments, I think, <clears throat> for guys that were so widely bid on. So right. um, so I, I gave it two uh, thumbs down and two in the middle. And uh, the record is not that great so far. It's five five good, six bad, and five in the middle. And these are the ones that were added widely in all the main events or almost all. Um, so we will keep track of this, but I would say yeah. that, we, that three weeks ago was not the finest hour. <laughs> so yeah. that's what you do every every week is you go back three weeks three prior weeks ago, and look at yeah. the popular ads. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, see what stats they created the three weeks after they were picked up. Right. Huh. Yeah, especially like when you look back and see, you know, on Clanahan, 43 leagues, Mac 288, you know, minimum right. 79, you know, and uh, yeah, we, we, some of the weeks that we've gone back, we, we, we were like, oh, that was a, uh, you know, that was good. Like, um, you know, was uh, now it's been a month. It's been a month of Alex Wood getting picked up in, in 43 leagues, right. you know, for 200 max. Sure. That's just been one of the best ads, you know, of the year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, these these guys sure look good on Sunday night, right? And then when they get awarded, they still look good. But then uh, three weeks later, here we are talking about thumbs down. Right, <laughs> it is, you know. And then I think some of them are, you know, you got to pick your spot to get a lottery ticket. And you know, I, I understand the feeling, but I I just feel like when it's over a hundred dollars a fab, it's 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 questionable unless it's a really solid player. Yeah, right. no, that's a good point. Right. Um, Todd, can we, instead of saying uh, to, like thumb up, thumb down, and one <laughs> in the middle, can we call it a side thumb maybe? Sure. Like, is it like <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down, and side thumb? Well, just is imagine you're in Rome in the Colosseum and you're one of the gladiators, Rob, you know, and uh, <laughs> you're waiting for the emperor to uh, decide your fate. So, Yes. There's no, uh, yeah. Can, there's no middle then, right? It's just, it's just yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> it's the the lion comes out of the side door there. No, no. I I can I can work with the terminology. Sure. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I love it. I love it either way. Um, and then we usually just take a quick cruise. Um, I wanted to ask you, Todd, um, and John too. So John, uh, Todd keeps track of all the leagues and the average first place score, the average second place score, and the average third place mm -hmm. score across all the mains. And so the average first place score right now is one sixteen and a half. Average second is one oh seven and a half, and the average third is one oh one eight. Um, do you look at and um, these type of like numbers, are you trying to, uh, obviously you do in the 80th percentile, but like how much do these numbers mean to you right now? Like if you're trying to climb up a little bit, like uh, are you hard into the into the standings right now? Is it like a little bit or like when you really start to try to make your move if you're trying to climb up in a category? Yeah, not too concerned on the standings right now. More concerned okay. about uh, the total stats of the team and where it's heading and the composition of the team and weak spots, injuries. Uh, you know, I'll look at them. 
but I'm more focused on the stats than the standings. Um, mm -hmm. I figure the, the standings will come later and uh, it's not at that point where you get too excited about that yet. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, in terms of number of points, uh, you know, like I'll, 100 versus 110 versus 80, you know, not really. Uh, I'm more looking at the stats and gotcha. am, am I at the 80th percentile on home runs, RBIs? Am I short power on this team? Am I short uh, uh, ratios, et cetera? So. Sure. Got it. I do want to point out, though, in one of your, your main leagues, uh, John, that that's one of the most competitive leagues that, that there is. It's uh, number 1431 where – Kyle Brinkman second, Thomas Warner third, and you guys are all on the top 20 leaderboard. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, thanks. Yeah, Brinkman, we go back and forth. Uh, he was in the, when I won the main event, uh, he was in my Chicago league and he uh, won the Chicago league after game 162, but I won the overall. And then there was game 163. And I passed him on game 163 <laughs> to win the league. Otherwise, he would have won the league and I would have won the overall. But uh, that's how he's right. He's a great player. Uh, yeah. He plays a lot of leagues and uh, he is really a good player. Uh, so uh, not surprised that he's up there. Sure. Sure. Right. Absolutely. And um, another thing we hit on, Todd just mentioned a couple of guys who are successful in multiple leagues and likes to highlight them and talk about, uh, right, the movement in the yeah. first and second place. So go ahead, Todd. Yeah, so uh, Tyler Young has three first-place teams. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Right, he's, yeah. He's really a solid player. Yeah. Uh, Phil Dassault, you know, the Rob's robot. buddy. Yeah. And, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's very smart. I don't like to tell him that because then <laughs> – then he, he he turns around and quotes me on it. But anyway, he's got two firsts. And don't one. you don't you know though, Todd, that he like he 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 wants to make sure, like right now his mindset. He told me he's like, I just want to make Todd's article. I want to. <laughs> that's that's the highlight of his week. So he he he's playing well, obviously to win money, but he wants to be in your article every well, week. He, it seems like uh, he's he's doing it with little little difficulty. Um, he's I one of the most fascinating players out there, I think. Like uh, I don't even think he's played NFBC that long, right? Uh, hasn't even played baseball that long. It's like, like 2017, he, I think, started. I mean, yeah. you listen to this guy talk and uh, his analytical brain and how he thinks. I love it. Like uh, yeah, I, I love it when these new personalities and new players come into this space and and do well. I think it's so good. You know, we've got so many of the old timers that, you know, been around forever and think a certain way. I, I love this new breed of people that are coming into the game and the way they think and the analytics they bring. It's all, it's yeah. all fantastic. It is. It really is. I, there's so much good stuff out there and I, we can all just benefit from listening to one another and, sure. like, and really right. absorbing, you know, what, because uh, like you said, it, it's fascinating because I, I don't, I mean, I remember when he told me that he just started playing, you know, three years ago. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> right. Like, how's that possible? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it was on your podcast where yeah. you said that. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. What is he doing? And he doesn't have that bias. Like you said, he doesn't have years of bias of players right, broke up right. where, yeah, you know, maybe. like, you know, so, uh, but one day that'll start rubbing off on him, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> See how human or how robot yeah. he is. Um, Let me mention yeah. a, couple, a couple other guys. Yes. Jeremy yeah. Grader has two first place. 
uh, Matty Davis. Matty Wood. One first, three seconds, and he said he was mad because he wasn't leading every league. Uh, <laughs> so, I love Matty. He's a good boy. I know. And then we got uh, other stars like Douglas Gruber, Brian Slack, Vlad Sedler, Clark Olson. I mean, these are all really Really good players. players. Yep. Right. And so I think if you even – honestly, even if you finish in the top half of your main event league, with guys like this playing, it's it's a pretty good accomplishment. I you know you don't win any money for finishing sixth or seventh, but it, there's no easy route to even doing that. Um, right. No, you're right. You're exactly right, Todd. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I think I'm I think seventh in both of my main event leagues. You know, and um. Sometimes like, and it's weird to like one is like one sixtieth overall, and the other one's like four hundred, you know, uh, and it's such a difference in the league. And um, but yeah, you know, like part of me is just I'm fighting to just like try to move the needle, and um, you know, you just can't get discouraged too much. It's just like really no. hypercritical of myself, and no. you know, so. Uh, but it's so it's so it's such a it's. It's so impressive how good everyone is across the board, I, you know, and like I just experienced those live draft, John, you know, that was awesome. It's really, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it was really cool getting to meet everyone and just, right. just talking, you know, with, you know, just like we're talking now with just, you know, so many other people. And it was just, it was fascinating. Just, so did, so you cool. find it, did you find it harder to do a live draft than to I do? I did it. Uh, no, oh, no, actually. Okay. It was so crazy, John. Like I had a I had a great experience that week. Uh, the day um, the day before, I did the 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 draft for Phil. Um, mm -hmm. Oh know, yeah, we did That's the right. Zoom and right. I did the auction for him. Right. And so I kind of settled into like the atmosphere, you know, yeah. and and meeting everyone. So that was kind of good. Um, and then for my draft, uh, Michael's Amio and the SP streamer came came to uh, you know like just give me a hand and. Um, be be another set of ears and eyes, and um, even though his laptop that he broke <laughs> that he brought di didn't work, but he was on his phone. I said, "Just check the news. Just check the news, and yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and help me with the pitching." You know, and uh, <laughs> and so um, for some reason, like I think it was good, at, and it was the first time I met Mike. You know, so oh, yeah, nice. so so we had we we got off to a good time and i think we had like a like a, a good time drafting good. and nice. as todd as todd will tell you i was yeah. setting the record for quickest picks of the draft so todd oh. was todd was <laughs> right right in front of us he was oh, right next covered. to us and I every time he picked and they would, they oh, would I, pick like within five seconds of each other two picks <laughs> And I was like, wait a minute, I haven't figured out who I'm taking yeah, next. Right. Yeah. Like, Manny Machado and Kyle Tucker, like one, two. And he, everyone was like, and I, I, I did it as many times as I could because I, I don't know. I felt like I was getting ready for five months to make those right. picks, you know? So right. they were uh, quick. Great. Like, yeah, I already had them predetermined in my dream. Um, so, so, John, let's, um, we'll talk. We have some questions that we wrote up we wanted to sure. talk to you about. Um, so, I was wondering how you draft strategy so far has carried into the season um you know some of the things that has worked or not worked and some of the uh, players that have either helped you or dragged you down uh yeah good question um so I, i'm in multiple main events and i tried to do uh i kind of had the same strategy in all of them I, I wanted to get heavy pitching up top i just felt like that's the price to pay uh 
to get the good pitching this year. There's a limited number of SP1s, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know if it's played out that way exactly, but a, a couple, most drafts I had one or two starters after three rounds. I think uh, Castillo and Woody in the first one, uh, the Chicago main event. And Castillo's been terrible, right? So that's right, been right. that's been a landmine for sure. It's got time to turn around. Maybe it starts uh, this weekend against the Cubs, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't tell seem you, like he's injured, when I see but... when I see Woody in the third round, that has to make yeah, happy, that was though, great. Too, right? it's, yeah. it's a big. I guess yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the thing too, right, John? Like, um, and I think a lot yeah, of people have mentioned. Yeah, right. yeah. And I think a lot of people mention it when they go this route of two pitchers, right? How, you know, if one is being dominant, right, and the other one is not exceeding expectations, then, but at least, it's, right. you know, that 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 other stud helps you, right? You know, right. at least he's yeah. easing some of it. He's just been great, Woodrow. Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah. And yeah. Uh, I started with DeGrom uh, in uh, the second main event uh, and then Kershaw in the third, so that was nice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one, I started Acuna, Kershaw, Glass now, but then Springer and Marte were four or five. So they've both been hurt. Uh, I had a later draft pick in the, the other one and I started Beaver in that one. So Beaver, Freeman, uh, Timmy, like and then Josh Hader and Brandon Lowe. But, uh, so I look, you, you guys think, prepped yeah. me for this question. So yeah, you yeah. Maybe look at my first five picks and, uh, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed because they actually are pretty good picks and I'm not doing as good as I think I should be. <laughs> that means the rest of the drafting go as well. But, uh, we're all happy with how I started a couple of clunkers in there, but I, I did, a, you know, I wasn't going to draft uh, uh, Cody Bellinger. I just felt like that was a risk. Um, that's I'm not just saying that in hindsight, he could be great the rest of the way, but he, that was a conscious plan not to take him, even though, you know, drafting from the front end and then a couple of these, he was there at the two, three area. So, um, so I avoided that one. I feel fortunate about that. Um, Yelich, I had some concern on trout. I was really regretting that I didn't get more trout, uh, but now he's hurt as well. But uh, yeah, I felt like he was the one that I was quite convinced as of a couple of weeks ago, that trout was definitely going to lead the the trout teams to victory, right? Like, oh, uh, absolutely. He was, he was really, he could have like been done it, sure. I see you have John in, um, in four of your five teams, you took a closer in the top five rounds. Um, how, how, what was the other team? Who was your first one in that other team? Do you remember? Who was your, uh, first? you know, I'd have to look. Uh, that's a good question. I, yeah, because when I to... took one in the when I didn't take right. one in the top five is when I think I landed Rosenthal in my second. Right, right. Yeah, he, I probably right. doing good in that one. He was... <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. It doesn't always work out. I just feel like in the fifteen team main, I, I'm not excited to take a closer at that. You know, I don't necessarily like closers, but it feels no. like you you have to compete in the category and an overall. And unlike the twelves, there's just no. It's hard to hard to get them on fab, and you got to pay so much to get them. Right. Uh, but there were several later that turns out, you know, you, you, Melanson was like, uh, goodness, like he's he's the pick right now, right? Um, right. Right. But uh, yeah, I usually do pay up for at least one. Um, so I I do a lot of we do a lot of collaborating with Doug Gruber, one of the guys you mentioned earlier. Yep. Uh, he, he's probably more aggressive on, on relief pitchers than I am. I'll tend to wait for that second one. He'll get two right up on top. Uh, and uh-huh. he's had success doing that. Um, uh, but I, I, you can't punt it. 
I don't think uh, you just have to pay for it in, in, in the main. Right. And it's, it's an expensive pick and uh, I'll likely usually do one and then try to get a second, you know, pick, right. pick a second one that a Kimbrel type later or, or worse, and then try to get a setup guy that could get some saves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a tax. It is. <laughs> yeah. Right. I would look into do to get two in the top five rounds in one of my mains, and that's when it didn't happen. And I just ended up going to Rosenthal. Uh, I thought where I was, I was going to be able to get uh, like Hader Diaz um, or Hader Iglesias, and it just didn't fall right. And um, so, but I had it in my brain. Try it. We, um, yeah. It's, uh, I just feel like. I don't know. Hater is just awesome, you know. Like, he's, he's just uh, he's 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 such comfort on the teams. I have him. It's just, oh, yeah. you know, it's such it's it's just so great, you know, to have. Him. He's just a, he he's such a big edge um, to have. But yeah, like you mentioned, it it's the, the less and less guys who are getting the volume, you know. And there was a couple down low, yeah. of course. Um, yeah, Lansing. Class A was way late, right? So I, I did yeah. look up that one that you were referencing. So I took Brad Hand in the eighth, and then I took uh, a Karinchek in the eleventh, and then I added Class A in the twenty. Nice, 23rd. nice. So, that's, yeah, so that's, I ended up okay on that one, right? Like yeah. I, Hand is terrible, I feel like, but uh, he's still doing it, and maybe he'll be okay. We'll see. But <laughs> I can't stand to watch him. <laughs> I had um, in my in my main event in New York, the first draft uh, that that Todd was involved with. Um, I picked Cesar Valdez in the 29th, 28th round, the 29th round, yeah. and yeah, yeah. we had that week of fab yeah. um, before the season started, and I caught him. Right, and you know. Life hasn't been the same since, John. <laughs> I gave away like a treasure trove of, of, right. of saves. And um, um, oh, my God. Oh, what are you going to do, right? That happens sometimes. I'm going to bug you. So, so one question, John, I had for sure. you was, um, you know, I, I've gone back and forth on this over the years. But when a, a player falls that, okay, you don't hate the player, but he's falling below where you normally expect do you are you interested in taking him or do you just focus in like a laser on the guys you really want and say i'm not going to be distracted by this guy Uh, (laughs) so i've played this long enough to have uh, done both scenarios for sure multiple times and invariably i'm better off letting the guy drop that's dropping and not take him and and stick to my plan right so uh, there's lesson to be learned there i think uh sometimes crazy stuff happens like you know woody going into the third that shouldn't happen that's a little different right but you right. Know, i like him but uh, later on sometimes it just doesn't make sense to you, you end up taking a guy because you have wow such a value how could yeah. it go wrong but yeah yeah you're going wrong usually yeah <laughs> <laughs> stick that's to your plan that is what has happened to me and i've done better in the times when i've said you know what, there's a guy coming up that I really want in the next round or two. I'm just going to focus on that. I'm not going to focus on this guy that's supposedly 20 picks after where he should be. Right. You know, that's the thing. You know, this gets into the whole ADP thing, right? So ADP is such a known thing right now, right? So NFBC and NFFC, which both in in terms of, you know, they, they chart all the drafts. There's so many drafts, so many teams playing. There's so much data available that it's just so 
ingrained into each of us, whether we want it to be or not, what, what mm -hmm. the ADP is and yeah. it, it influences us. Right. And, uh, you know, if you look today at your teams, you were only a quarter of the way through the year and who cares what the ADP was, right. It goes away real quick. So, um, sure. you know, it's not even close. We've got this idea that this second round player is so much better than this fourth round player. And, you know, when, once the season starts, it's a, it's all different. So, uh, we get caught up in ADP too much, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm um, just just getting involved in the industry and doing like a lot of um, you know drafting as soon as the season ended, you know, um, right. and getting right back into draft season. And you have early NFBC ADP, and you have um, they you know they uh, smarter the uh, he, he covers the you know any industry mock drafts right. and all these right. other drafts, and then once it's crazy how quickly it forms and how quickly yeah. it becomes like, Oh, Mark Lansing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he's not going to get any saves. All he does <laughs> is get saves, you know? And it's, it's so funny. Like, yeah, yeah. he'll start. It's like, um, it's like, whatchamacallit, um, like uh, college football, right. They play uh, for, you know, these teams get ranked before um, they actually play a game. And if you're like 30th ranked and you go undefeated, yeah. you got to climb all these yeah. teams. Yeah. Like, oh man. But, uh, but it's, it's just another tool though, right? Another right, tool it is. in the toolbox. And it's good to have the information. It's good to know how to use it. Um, but we, we, we are unduly, many of us are unduly, including myself, influenced by it. So uh, yeah. right, it's always something to work on, I think. It's like one, you know, my, my like biggest example of taking advantage of ADP is uh, a guy you mentioned later, Yuli Guriel, um, you know, just knowing I wanted him on as many teams as I could and just knowing the vicinity he was going around, you know, just having that, like, yeah. like, you know, just having that lock saying I can go up you know, even one or two rounds here, or I can even wait because the way the draft, a lot of drafts were going. And I just know like, uh, you know, to just build around that point of, cause I wanted to get them anyway. So um, yeah, it's of, truly important of, to know. One of my first experiences at a live draft, I was in a draft uh, with Dan Kenyon, Doughboys yep. on, on the message boards and a uh, great drafter, like a great player. And he took me to school. Like he, I was in this draft. I figured it was kind of going to go by ADP and I kind of knew where guys were going. And every time he would take somebody that wasn't even close. Like, right. I, I talked to him afterwards, like, what are you doing? Dan, Whit Merrifield was your third, second baseman. What are you doing? You know, and uh, man, he won the league easily. He said, those are the players I wanted. Uh, right. I don't care what ADP is. And, and from that time on, I, I learned a good lesson there. Right. So uh, it was, it was uh, interesting uh, to go through that experience. Right. He's a great player. Totally agree. And that's what one of the things I love about doing the podcast, just learning what different people do and, you know, and playing and just like absorbing that info. I'm like, oh, right. like, that's interesting. You know, like, right. I can't, you know, how many people, um, when you did the podcast in the preseason and you mentioned how you, you know, you track per week what you need per week to you know to you know to stat and uh several people were <laughs> <Really>? mentioning <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh because I, I think um 
the next part I did after one of the next ones I did after yours was with Toby uh, after okay. crazy and, oh, yeah. and Phil yeah. and they, and, and Toby mentioned like, wow, I found that fascinating that, you know, that he did that. So again, it, it's great that we, you know, everyone, right. um, you know, right. you find out just better ways to play. And uh, if it helps you, it's, it's awesome. Right. That's why you always got to keep your ears, your ears and your eyes open. That's right. Um, you know, cause uh, you never know. You never know. And, and, and actually listen to people. That's the, that's the problem with society. Yeah. Like people yeah, think right. like they're not listening, like they're hearing, but they're not really listening, listening. Um, yeah. So Todd, I think you had, uh, did you have another question here for yeah, well, the other question know? was, it was a little similar, but um, so you have a lot of uh, teams, John. So are there, even though there's a, a large amount of variation across all these rosters, are, is there a core group of players that you would say, uh, are supporting your your good performance. I mean, you've done well in all leagues, but would you say no? It's like a completely different approach each time. Or are there are some players that you said I really want to get on a high percentage of teams, and they're really what's helping you uh, go up in the top half of the leagues. Yeah. Okay. So I guess a little different between the 15s and the 12s. And the 15s, um, I I always ended up taking. I took a lot of uh, Eduardo Escobar or Yuli Gurriel uh, mm-hmm. as my as my corner infielder late, and uh, you know I just felt like those guys were definitely undervalued. And so far, it's turned out that way. They're both doing great. Um, so I've got you know four of my five teams. I've got uh, Escobar, and I think three of the five Yuli Gurriel. Um, also, Freddie Peralta was a big target of mine. Um, uh-huh for sure on across the board. So I, I've got a lot of shares of Freddie and uh, he can be uh, a little scary sometimes, but uh, he's got the stuff and uh, he's got a little longer leash this year. He's got confidence he hasn't had before. And uh, yeah, he's, he's got a certain energy that he brings to the mound every time he takes it, takes it. And sure. uh, he's, he's a, he's a tough pitcher. Um, Contreras uh, was my target catcher every time uh, in the main. Uh, I didn't always get him, but, where he was going right in that range is where I was trying to get a top catcher and, and catcher like closer. I would typically get the one and then fade the second one oftentimes. Um, yeah, those are pretty much the guys that I, okay. that I targeted. Okay. So there was a core group of guys was. That you were looking yep. for in general. Yep. Yep. That That's right. And then the 12 teamers may be a little different, uh, but uh that, those are the core ones for the the 15 teamers. Okay, okay. I love the guys like that. I have a lot of in DCs and across all leagues, home leagues. Like the guys like that really bring me the most joy is like Adam <laughs> Frazier, Brian Reynolds, right. Mark Hanna. Uh, like those yeah. guys that, that you know yeah, that yeah. you get late that you really like. You know, I love this guy, yeah. and you invest heavily and. And when it hits, it's like, yeah, this is great, you know, because they're all performing really well. You know, I love Adam Frazier. Like, I'm a sucker for Adam Frazier. I love the He always got dual eligibility, leads off for the last two years, you know. Man, I wish I had more. I just said that tonight to Doug. I wish I had more Adam Frazier. I've been watching him lead off again tonight with two singles. The the guy's going to win a batting title at some point. (laughs) He's just got that sweet stroke. And Pittsburgh as a team is hitting it a little bit in terms of batting average. So, uh, unlike some of these other teams. But, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. I got a couple of those too. You know, Jack Peterson, a lot of, he hasn't been great. Kenya, on the other hand, Kenna yeah. uh, has yeah. been really good. Like, uh, so I, he was a, a popular target of mine late. So yep. that, that's been a good one. 
Right. And um, I, I I see you mentioned here in the show notes, um, Avasael Garcia. Oh, yeah. Um, Avi. Avi. Um, I loved Avi coming into the year. I had him on several teams. Um, there was like a couple of spots, I think, in like the end of April and the beginning of May where he was he was having he would go like three for four and then he sat the next game like yeah. what are you doing with this guy right. like let him right. let him rip but I'm well, glad when they like when they brought Jackie him. Bradley over right so then there was some playing time right. concern and how that was going to all end up but I think there's some concern on Yelich I've just been watching him the last two nights well he didn't play last night I don't know he's like his back is stiff you watch him feel the in the field, he's not bending down good. I, I think there's pro- there's trouble coming for Yelich. I think. Yeah. yeah. Did I he steal? It, man, did he steal he a bag in his second game? Did he steal? I thought I stole he, that he stole a bag in, oh, in uh, like the first or second game that he. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. So how did yeah. how, how did he look? Did he dive like yeah. head? I mean, he still did he dive head first or slid feet first? Yeah, or? yeah, feet first. Yeah, I hmm. think. If it's I remember, hurt the back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He just doesn't look right. So I, I just feel like there's probably something bad coming, but uh, I hope not. He's a great player. Yeah. I know. Me too. I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope, I hope he, you know, he can find the help and, and get back right. healthy. I right. guess, you know, with a lot of these players, you know, and uh, I find it amusing. A lot of people are very vociferous about it on Twitter about how you know like what's this guy doing why is he back or why is he on oh, the yeah. DL and like you know it's uh even like the ground when he like why is he swinging it's like it, it, it's hard to tell a competitor you know right John to like taper right. down some of these guys they don't have that off switch right. you know so right. um but yeah uh I have a ton of Avasil. And um, Todd, I think you wanted to ask him about 12, 12 and 15 think, teams, yeah, right? Yeah, I think we covered the 12. Yeah, we covered the 12. I, I don't think we need to go through that again. So we can just okay. move to the next question. Cool. I do, you know, I'll just say on the 12s, it's, it's yeah. definitely a different game, right? Totally different. I, yeah, I'm, I love it. You know, the fab pool is quite a bit different. I don't think you need to come out of the draft with two, with three clothes. You, you need more saves, right? So when we get back to the right. targets. You right. need quite a few more saves to finish that that 5,000 or 80 percentile. Right. Obviously, it's a different amount of points because there's so many more teams in the in the 12. But right. there's more players readily available. Um, so I, I, I actually love the 12s. I think it's uh, maybe it just keeps me away from some of those fringe players that blow up and do do poorly and wreck my ratios. I just don't even touch them in the in the 12s, right? Because I don't have to because right. the pool is quite a bit deeper. So maybe it's just saves myself from my own uh, weaknesses, but uh, I, I do love the 12s. And I think, uh, I think for anybody starting out, they should start out in the 12s. I think it's, it's a little sure. bit easier competition. Perhaps it, you feel like you get more stats. There's more players available that play every day. Yeah. Uh, you can end up mm-hmm. with a better looking team in general and feel good about it. And uh, you know, fab is a little bit easier. You're competing with less people. It's a little bit maybe less serious, less transactions, more people take it a little bit less seriously in terms of uh, how many pickups they do in a week. I would think if you looked at the number of transactions per team, maybe it's a little bit less. Uh, a couple of people here and there may give up uh, later on in the season, which is always great. Uh, perfect. Um, so, uh, yeah, so 12s, I actually have 13 12 teamers this year. Uh, so 12 of the 12. Uh, OCs and then one super that's a 12 teamer 
Got and it. actually 10 first places right now. So yeah. it'd be great if the season ended right now, I'd win 10 oh. of the 13. But uh, I yeah. don't think that'll that'll happen. But we'll so <laughs> so enter enter 12, enter the OC draft, but don't enter the room that says John Cosma on it. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> that's see. we'll see. Though, we'll talk at the end of the oh year. Oh my god! Yeah. Hey, but, well, it's good to start. Great, the, I'd rather start, start here. <laughs> you know, you gotta yeah, be here. Start. Yeah, that's awesome. Keep yeah, it up. Thanks. Keep it up. And it's cool. I like um, you know when you really see the difference in um in in the players that you wrote down that you picked up um you can really see uh the difference in the talent that's available with trevor rogers and you know Class yeah a, so a couple and- of trouble rogers were like that week one like so, so so some of these ocs were pretty early and they had that first bad before the season starts right i right. got like two or three shares of trevor rogers on that pickup so uh, wow that's that went, huge yeah that was big right because that they just had announced or speculation that he was making the roster at that point. Right. You know, obviously when the main events rolled around, he was being drafted pretty regularly. Right. Uh, a couple of Rodons as Carlos Rodon, the same deal. Uh, so there's a couple of home runs I hit on that early. So that's kind of fueling. The, yeah, you definitely did. The surge. Right. Yeah. That's, that's great to have those guys. That's awesome. Um, what are your thoughts on the batting trends in the league of the declining batting average? <laughs> oh, man. So baseball is a little rougher to watch, I think. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I don't like the, where it's heading necessarily, right? I mean, the pitchers are getting better. Uh, they're striking out more players. The batters are going for more home runs, it seems like, right, just in their approach. I, I could see – that it's heading down and it's not great. Right. So we got a, we got an issue in the league, I think in baseball and they got to figure it out, but it's not a, a great trend. I don't think. And uh, we'll yeah. see. It, it could, I did notice, uh, I don't know, I'm sure Todd's maybe tracking some of this, but it felt like the target shot up a little bit. Uh, I kind of track it every week and do a new projected 5,000 or 80th percentile uh, every week. Mm-hmm. And, and the numbers are slightly rising on the hitting side, which is great. So uh, yes, it yes, feels like hitting is catching up a little bit. And it's to the point where I didn't really adjust. It started out so low, but I didn't really adjust that 80th percentile because I felt like it's too early. It's only 25% of the season yet. So I want to give it to 35% or 40% and see where we sit. So at this point, I think it's safe to say steals are probably going to be up a little bit. Batting average is going to be down a little bit, but I think the other ones are going to, come in play. Okay. The homers are runs RBIs is going to yeah. be close. Yeah. And uh, on the pitching side, K's are definitely going to be up. And I think wins and saves are heading to be higher, which is interesting because pitchers are not, are going less innings, but uh, they're performing really well with the top pitchers. And I think overall wins are going to end up higher, which I would not have predicted, but maybe it won't end up that way. But right now it's trending that way. Right. Yeah, I think maybe um, I know one of the things I mentioned um, in the notes was uh, like the relief pitchers um, coming in in the ninth, you know, and shutting it oh, down yeah. and getting that win in the tenth, <laughs> you know, or um, any reliever that comes in. And it's just it's weird. It's like uh, yeah, so maybe, many. Maybe that's the case where some of these top relievers are getting more wins or contributing yeah. to the win category. Some of the wins are just completely unpredictable and you're never going to. I mean, are you really going to play? Pet it and get his six wins. Maybe some guys are right, like right. Right. Brent Suter. I mean, he's gobbling up wins like he always does. Uh, we just got to be smart enough to figure out which guys are doing it. I guess. Right, right, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, 
I'm, I'm but baseball, that. like those three yeah, rules, saying, like, yeah. I can't stand a couple of them. Like the seven inning double header, I cannot stand that. Like that is the worst thing. Like I would get away. <laughs> I wish we could get away, get rid of that one. The, the three batter minimum, I'm okay with that. I feel like that's okay. It makes the game flow along a little bit better. The runner on second to start an extra inning uh, game. No, I, I didn't like it at first at all. Now I'm like ambivalent about it. It's okay, I guess. But yeah, what do you what do you guys think in terms of those three things? How would you rank your like or dislike? I like. I think I like um, the runner on second the most. I think I okay. So I you was, like that. I, I started off as not, but I think they right. said like seventy one percent of the games are done now before the eleventh. Okay. Um, and if that's the case for, you know, right. the, uh, right. you know, the, the players and just getting games done with, um, I don't know. I don't think it's terrible. Um, I, it's been adding a crazy strategy, I think, to how teams manage the back end of the bullpen and, you right. know, right. when right. the, when right. to bring in the closer and like, um, right. so I think they mentioned like, uh, and that's, uh, I forgot where I heard it. Who was talking about how they do it with the Indians? Like it's, if it's tied, it's usually, Korinchak because okay. um like you know he he puts more guys on it I don't know it's yeah. I have to do some more dig- digging into that because it's uh you know <laughs> yeah, it's such an interesting how they're gonna fill on that back yeah one thing one thing you know I understand the like the the game is definitely changing but I think I think the batters get a lot of the blank like a lot I feel like they get too much they should just put the bat in the ball. Like, I like see. it's like, it's like, it's a, like it's an easy thing right now. I think you mentioned it, right, John? Like the, yeah. the, the pitchers are at an advantage. Yeah. They just, yeah, yeah. they were just giving more of an advantage too with the lighter ball and the race seems the balls are moving. I mean, some of the pitches on the pitching end are like, look like wiffle right. ball pitches, you know, right. and it's just like, right. wow. And it's just, um, you know, I don't think it's <laughs> when they say just put the bat in the ball, it's not as easy as, yeah. as it, as well, it sounds, or as it used to be, these the pitchers are just phenomenal. They're right really now. good, right? Yeah, yeah, they're really good. They're really, and it's just nonstop. It's the different looks, right? You know, with the getting a different pitcher in every two or three innings. Yeah. This guy throws yeah. sidearm. Yeah. This guy goes yeah. quarter, and so right. I don't know. Right. Um, well, I think also that you guys uh, probably know this, but they they are really using uh, sticky substances in their gloves. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know. Uh, get, they're getting spin rates that were never able to be produced before. Um, so a curveball or a slider, you know, breaks so much more right. than it used to. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to say. Well, they're shifting you to the right side, so just hit the ball the other way. You know, it's no problem. And uh, I wish that was the case, but I just think it's hard with a 95 mile an hour slider to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's a good point. So, John, explain your fab process. You have oh. a lot of leagues. You have a ton of leagues. Um, yeah, yeah. So I got like 21 fab leagues, uh, if you want to know exactly, approximately wow. 21, wow. 21.0. I'm having a panic attack just thinking about it. <laughs> so you, you can only do that if you got a system down. It forces you to be pretty organized on it. So uh, I don't really start it until uh, Saturday. Uh, I know some guys start it all during the week and that kind of thing, but Really, um, I start on Saturday. I do keep track of all my rosters. Uh, so each uh, on a spreadsheet. So I got catcher, you know, team one, team two across the top. And then 
catcher for two slots, first base, third base. I don't do corner infield. I just do each by each slot. So then I can kind of keep track that I make sure I have two of every spot, right? Two first basemen, two third basemen. And then as guys get injured, they get a red highlight, right? So if they're in the minors and not up, they get an orange highlight. Um, otherwise, they're good to go. They're playing. Um, so that way you can always keep an idea of where do you need to fill holes? Cause you can't take a zero other than your second catcher, like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm really cognizant. So oftentimes maybe not necessarily bidding for the best player in fab, but you're playing, you're the best player for your roster, right? So you can't take mm. the zero. So point. If, if, if you got a guy that's dinged up, if you've got Harp, well, Harper's not a good example, but if you got a, somebody else that's dinged up uh, on a position, Brian Anderson, you better have another, you know, he's dinged up a little bit. You better have another third baseman. Uh, so you want to make sure you have duplicity so that you can always feel the roster because you can't get those stats back if you, if you miss. And there's been plenty of them. seems like more than ever on Mondays after games locked that we get these injuries, right? For oh, man. players. Monday, Monday injuries are the worst, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. So bad. So, so bad. Uh, and then on top of that, I, I keep track of how much fab I have in that league. And then if I go below a certain amount, you know, the green, it's green to start with and it goes yellow. If like I'm getting close to the 500 mark at this point, if I'm below 400, then it's red. And I got a couple teams that are red. So then I know that I got to uh, watch my fab on, on that team. And, and I really live off of that sheet when I do fab. I'm just looking at my roster and then on one screen and then looking at the fat, what's available. And you can do all sorts of sorts on the fab, of course, uh, pretty nice setup. I do use the watch list. I like that feature yeah. uh, on the, on the fab program. And then I just plug them in. I go through it once I start adding them. I do read some articles prior on Saturday. So I'll read Vlad's article when he puts it out on Saturday, uh, FTN, Matt, Matt and Maddie Wood put out, or Maddie Davis, I get these two yep. guys, which, yep. which one, I get those two guys mixed up, but one of them puts out, the FTN guys, they put out their article, yeah, and then Sunday morning, Rotowire puts out their two articles, AL and L, so I'll read all those, you know, I'll look a little bit on Twitter for news and things like that, and then I'll start formulating my list, uh, I'll just put it on a spreadsheet by position of players that I'd be interested in, and then uh, I'll see which ones are available, and I'll probably start Sunday about mm, eight o'clock in the morning and then take a break, go to church or watch church and then lunch. And then the afternoon through evening is, you know, maybe five hours of fab for those 20 teams. So something like that. So Pretty good. I'll go through it once and then I'll catch up on the news at about eight o'clock an hour before lock. See what like Wayne, oh, Wayne, right. I think it's like two Sunday nights now he's pitched and, uh, both times I was dropping them for sure in a 12 team. And then you look, and he's, he's, <laughs> he's got another shutout going, okay, got to change that or delete that cue. But uh, anyway, those are, that's kind of the process I go through. Good. Well, it has helped. I mean, I only have nine leagues, but they are all NFBC. And I think uh, it does help that I think all of yours are on the same platform. Yeah. One format. I can't, I'm not, I tried a different format once. I'm not smart enough to do that. Like I cannot handle a dirt. I guess I'm just too regimented in a process and I am not interested in another format. Yeah. Yeah. Because then if you put a guy on a watch list, you don't have to redo it all over. Right. Right. He's already, he's already there. You don't have to remember if zero bids are allowed and you don't have to yeah, remember. Yeah. There's just so many different things in these different ones. And I'm not being critical of other ones. I just, oh. I'm, I'm just more comfortable and familiar with the NFBC one. And that's the sure. one. I'll just stick to that. Sure. 
Right. And then from there, you know, on, on the pitching side, I also do, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the pitcher list uh, guys in their rankings. So every week they come out with a top hundred. So every week my pitching list, I'll have my seven starters in my starting pitching uh, section of my spreadsheet and then it'll populate. I just do a V lookup uh, to another sheet and, and it brings in the uh, ranking. So at all times I know, what, what my pitcher list ranking is. So I, I rank my pitchers according to their ranking. And, and my goal is to always have, you know, in, in a 12 teamer, I want six top 50 guys, right? So if you got six of the pitcher list top 50, you're in pretty good shape. And I'm not so much looking to, uh, I'm more focused on just getting a, a, a roster full of good pitchers rather than trying to figure out who's going to perform good that week. I think if you can just build, use that first quarter, the first third of the year to build that roster of good players, yep. your matchup stuff will come, right? You got another two thirds of the year to really hit your two starts. And uh, I think maybe we focus a little bit too much on the weekly matchup uh, versus just getting pitchers that you think will return for the long run. So that's kind of the focus on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'll plug in all the new players, run the stats, update the spreadsheets, see which categories I'm behind, I'm ahead. And then we got roster lock on Monday, sometimes Monday noon, sometimes Monday night, some some guys on Tuesday. And then it starts all over on the weekends. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. It's it, it is fun. You know, yeah. it's, uh, I feel like every week I'm I'm getting more efficient at it, you know. So right. I've been right. trying to yeah, just make sure I commit to a process and you know, um yeah, it's you know, you mentioned the picture list guys. Um, you know, I, f- I found like uh this year I really paid attention um as much as more than I ever did on like really uh how pitchers are outside of fantasy, right. you know, like oh, okay. You yeah. know, like picking like the uh, pitches they throw and why what they right. why what they uh, what they have in their repertoire why it works for them. You know, like right. and so I think it's helped me out a, a no, great I deal. Think, I think yeah. that's a fascinating website. Those guys are like obviously pitcher pitching experts, and then they analyze the previous day's pitchers every week. And right. uh, you know, even if you don't have good results, sometimes there's hidden gems in there, and. and you feel better about that picture about keeping them for the next week because there were some good points uh, just didn't produce the results and next time it will, you know, so uh, right. that's a good resource. I also like, you know, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Your, your podcasts are great. You have great guests on and kudos for you on, on that. And then, you know, the Rotowire podcast, I, I like, uh, I listen to the Zola one on Sunday morning about the two star pitchers. So I get a flavor for that where they rank, uh, you know, yep, they do a good job. Yes. Yeah. And then Jen said and Erickson and Liz are great. So yeah, I try to get a little flavor of everybody, but yeah. enough time in a day always. Right. I know exactly. There's only so much you could absorb. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's, there's so much good stuff out there. And sometimes uh, I guess I try to cover everything, but it's, uh, I have ones I like to go to, ones I feel comfortable with. And, right. You know, like I said, you try to mix it in, like use the uh, top 100, um, took a peek at, you know, you know, Saris's stuff and control right, thing, right. you know, like, right. and just There's try so good to info out there. Right. It's hard right, to know right. what you got to right. do, what works for yourself, I think. And when, right. when it comes to that stat project, you know, the stat charting, you can get a sense pretty quick. If you go team by team, week by week, you can just see if you're producing 
the runs you should be producing for that team, right? So if you got, uh, for example, in a, in a 12 teamer, you need 45 runs a week. Otherwise you're not going to make that 80 percentile target. Well, if you're right. consistently doing 31, 31, 30, 27, 33, 35, you're, you're never going to make it. So you got to, you need to find some more top of the order bats in terms of your fab, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So you can kind of chart that, you know, and I take it one step further is that, you know, as the cumulative uh, weeks add up, if you're hitting the target, you know, the cell turns green. If you're not, it turns red. So then you can see visually as your red categories start to turn green. Okay. You're making some good progress in stolen bases. You turn that category green, right? That's great. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that's really valuable or not, but that's what works for me. So. Right. Right. I wanted to ask you like, when, when do you identify when like a player is truly like a rest of season, like, you know, this guy, might be worth like a certain price or going forward. Is there something you see in the projections or the skill set? Like yeah, you so I think, well, you about you, starting from the draft, right, you do a skill-based draft a lot. I, I like, like you yeah. do, uh, I follow the BAPS thing a little bit, as well as the HQ, uh, you know, Roto-Lab skill set. Uh, so I kind of look at that. HQ does a pretty good rest of season projection as does uh, Rotowire, as does a couple of the other places, Rasball. So I, I use all that, uh, but it's mostly a skill-based thing. And then I do watch, uh, you know, some guys, I think Jack, Mark uh, Gecko doesn't watch any baseball. I'm kind of the opposite. I watch a lot of baseball. So, right. so I, I do a lot of eye tests as well. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's not good, but <laughs> it works for me. I, I like to see... Uh, you know, different things watching games. So I'm flipping around quite a bit watching games, but um, yeah. So I use those probably three sources to kind of think about the rest of the season and then playing time. Right. So you got to read into playing time. Skills is right. one thing, but if you don't get the playing time to go with it, you know, like this Minnesota situation is interesting. How long is Buxton going to be out? How long are these kids going to get a run at it? Right. And Seattle outfield, you know, let's see what happens there. Right. Uh, there's lots of those things. Like if you can guess the playing time, right. That, you know, that's, that's hard to do. And, and there could, we could all have the same read on a player's skills, but guessing the playing time is, is tricky. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love using baseball HQs rest of season plus the year to date sheet. Um, and that also has the Mayberry method on it, you know, and it's a quick right. snapshot of the skills is, yeah. you know, how they're impacting average deals and, um, and power, you know, speed and power. So um, you get a quick little um, snapshot that, you know, that Mark is up there, baby, 90 out of a hundred. So that's how you well, know I didn't realize stud. that, that he's hit lead off every single time he's played like every that's great right. <laughs> yeah right. like he hasn't played every game but every game he's played he's been lead off which is interesting he gets lefties right he's he's hit them both pretty evenly he's been great so lots right. of runs huge amount of runs and then I, you, yeah he's, he's been a good one right so then on the pitching when you set lineups i kind of like look at hq's ranking right for the projected start they got the eight day thing espn's got something Rotowires, Ola ranks his one through a hundred or whatever. And yeah, you go through them all. Yeah, you don't always get them right. You pick some crazy ones, right? But uh, for the most part, they kind of agree. And then if it's close, so then I, I chart the best start as the SP one, right? So each week I, I'm, I'm like super anal about all that kind of stuff, right? So your closer <laughs> okay. won't get a save, Rob, if you don't put them in the bottom three spots. It's got to be there, right? You don't, don't put a closer up top. It'll never work. So 
SP one through six, and then your relief pictures. So you oh, do oh, you have lineup etiquette. Oh, oh, wow. yeah, oh yeah. man, yeah. shit, that's your hey. missing piece. That's what I gotta try. Damn it! <laughs> I thought I was doing it all. Now I see it. Yeah, no, I, I feel that now. I get that because I'm, um, I'm mad at myself that I haven't even thought about that. That's a great point. Got to put the yeah, three. So your the bench bottom. you can't really play with on on uh, NFBC, but the the starting lineup you can move right the pitchers in whatever order. So get them right. in the right order, Rob. Come yeah, that's see, yeah, that's gotta kill me too. Because I remember doing a draft with someone, and we were live at the draft, and we're writing down um, years ago, writing down the players, you know. And so my friends writing down on a piece of paper the pitches that were drafted, and I wrote down like SP one, SP two, SP three, right, you know, through right. six, and then yeah, RP one, RP two. And he wrote like. I forgot what believer it was, but he wrote it like third, like where it says SP. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> he doesn't go there, but that's a good point, man. <laughs> Shit. Okay, I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna have to do that. For the listeners, that are <laughs> great tips. No, it's it's, it's no, aesthetically it's no pleasing. It's, just, it's how, aesthetically uh, pleasing. just how I think. <laughs> whatever works, whatever works. Right. Whatever gets you by. That's awesome. That's really <laughs> great. Um, yeah. So, wh- what do you? I wanted to ask about prospect. You a big prospect guy, John? Like, um, uh, you know, I don't. I'm not. A, there's a lot of. Uh, baseball yeah, guys man. i know that really know the prospects uh i just rely on reading a little bit on rotowire or whatever uh i don't when when a guy gets sent down i'm tracking on milb i'm looking at the game logs like yes uh, Hira, right you could everybody could see that he's he's gonna be hitting he was hitting really good and you know debbie garcia is is pitching well in the minors right now there's a few guys right that i watched that Okay, they were up, they're down. Let's see, let's check their game logs, right? So I'm I'm doing that, but in terms of a, uh, you know, which Tampa Bay prospect is higher, Bruin versus uh, uh, Wander, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not that prospect guy. Right. Give me a rest of season home <laughs> run slash stolen bases for Mister Hayora. <laughs> I can give you strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> Two a day. Two uh, a day. <laughs> oh, he's got the power. He's got a quick bat. He's just got such a long swing. I don't he just hasn't made the adjustment. I don't know. But I think he's gonna. I mean, he's better. He's the I think the Brewers decided he's their best option at first base uh, for the team and they're gonna play him. And uh they sent him down to get over this little hurdle he was dealing with. There's a great article on the athletic too. If I encourage everybody to go check it out, it talks about his personal life a little bit. Really interesting article. So uh the by uh, Will, Will mom and, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a really good article. So I'm really? rooting for the guy. Yeah, yeah. so I, uh, well, I think he'll be. Uh, he'll have. I think he'll hit 20 home runs the rest of the way. And the Brewers like to run, so he'll he'll pitch in with some steals. So he's a good pickup for the rest of the way if he's well, he's not available anymore. But no. yeah. yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, Todd, you got any other questions for our man of the? Uh, Oh, our, I think uh, our guest John, here tonight. Good, good luck uh, in the rest of the way. I think you're doing great so far. I hope that uh, you'll be on my uh, report every yeah. the rest of the season. And- <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I didn't really check. I haven't followed your report too much. I just, uh, you know, Rob told me about it and I've been checking it out. It's great. I love what you're doing with that stuff. So it's really fun to have somebody look at 
back in the day, Sean Childs used to do a little bit of that on the message board. He would analyze a team and go through the weekly pickups. And, uh, and that was fascinating yeah. stuff. And you're kind of taking off uh, doing some of this analytical stuff and looking at it on a weekly basis across the board. I think that that's great. And uh, you should have a feature uh, post on the NFBC message board uh, with some <laughs> of your findings. I think it's great stuff. So. Thank you. Really I love interesting. It. Yeah, I think it's just helping me as a player, you know, yeah, just to be great. aware of these things, you know, constantly – um, you know, I think we spoke last time and I told you how much I learned from just playing a short season, you know, how much, right. how many things that people did to, you know, to, you know, stay on top of every little thing. And, um, so I feel like the more I'm looking at this and more of a reminder, like, you know, I put it into uh, one big sheet, which is big for me, you know, having yeah, a, you know, what'd be fun for this- you guys at, at the end of the year is to take a couple of the guys that did really well, like, uh, Phil or whoever ends up, you know, on the top with a couple of teams or a few teams and, and just really dig into their whole process, the whole premier mm-hmm. week one through 26. And, yeah. you know, how, how was the, the fab spent? How was the roster constructed to begin with? Where did, did they spend more money on pitching than hitting? How much of the pitching went towards saves, et cetera. That, that'd be a fun thing to yeah, look at. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. There's, there's, the, there's tons of, uh, there's tons of data to definitely mine. And right. I love how it's just all available on the NFC. Yeah, it's great. You know, that's right. Awesome. Like I mentioned, I know a lot of people who told me that they didn't play in the NFC. Um, I mean, in the main event, but they used the data. Uh, the yeah. speaking of the pitcher list, uh, um, I was on their podcast uh, a week ago. Adam Howe, Adam Howe, and Kevin Hastings. They do an on the wire every Saturday uh, okay. night, and okay. it's just like a little weekly look into the right. Fab guys. You know, they they preview the Fab players it was good um i was on with them and um you know just having you know people put out content uh that we can that you know read or listen to and you know and uh, try to get better it's it's pretty cool because sometimes i'll pick up on a guy that i totally wasn't thinking about you know and you all you need to do is hear a person mention it so as much as you can cram into into your brain you know like john lester for last week that's such a good pickup wasn't it lester for last week uh what was your worst pickup of the year yeah that was it lester that was it i I picked him up for one of my mates oh yeah Nice two start. He should be fine. He just yeah, keeps right, right. play. He won't get hurt too bad. Oh man, disaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I um, <laughs> it's 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 funny. See, when, that's why you play twelve, so you don't get tempted by right, right, right. Why you don't? Right, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like it's so much easier to fab the the twelve, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's fun. I I I gotta play more twelve next year. <laughs> For sure, because right. I think I think you said it best. Like I remember being done with that draft and being like, "Oh, I like this team." You know, like it's so easy to say that, it looks but like great. it looks great. Oh, it looks great. It looks great. And uh, yeah, I think now now I'm like at the point where I can tell you I have those four closers, and I've been trying to like you know definitely have three of them in there one week i put four of them in there you know yep. because i didn't yep. like my my you know my uh my play as the starters and um last right. week i went down to two you know because i had like four double starts i i just wanted right. to get in there with other great starts yep. and right. that's the interesting thing in the 12 like deciding you know on um i think um one better start like over the double you know, like really looking into that. I've been ma- really making sure that the double starts are 
legit enough, like that I feel yeah. confident yeah. in them that, and they're yeah. not going to really mess up my team, you know? Right. Right. But um, my bench is full of pitchers in that. Uh, I just don't, <laughs> I feel like I don't want to give them up. It's, it's, it's pretty strange on top of my injury. Yeah, the, drop, the drops are the hard thing in the 12s for sure. There's... Definitely, yeah. Right. One thing I'm, I'm happy I did was not drop Santander. Um, I held on to him. I, I was like, I can't cut this guy, you know, because uh, I was definitely holding in the main, but in the 12, I wasn't sure, you know, like, is a, a guy like this bad to drop? But uh, Yeah, I've been I've been known to drop a guy and pick the same guy up, so I, I should start out with 800 fab and just not do that, so that'd be better. <laughs> awesome. So, John, thank you for coming out again, right, man. Thanks, I guys. Really, nice meeting you. I really appreciate you. Have a nice All right. Yeah. yeah. Good Sweet, luck the man. rest of the way for both of you. Right, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, folks, for tuning in to another episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast. Once again, I'm Rob DiPietro. You can find me on Twitter at Dead Poe Hitter. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the ratings and reviews. Much appreciated to everyone who's taking the time out to do that. It's uh, truly helpful. I'm truly grateful for that. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, be wonderful. Be the best you can be. I mean, what else are you? What else are you trying to do? You know, smarten up. Don't be a bag of shit. <laughs>